guys. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. This week on the podcast, we have Sarah Norvillis. Sarah holds a master's degree in Chinese medicine and graduated cum laude from Emperor's College of Chinese Medicine. She's the founder of Meriki Wellness, where she guides her patients to optimal health through the use of Eastern integrative and holistic remedies. Sarah discusses Eastern medicine, acupuncture, cupping, and her holistic approach to health. She also shares with us the concept of compassion fatigue and the importance of learning boundaries and self-care as a professional committed to a life of caring for others. In this episode, she shares with us her beautiful personal journey that led her to her chosen field and how she continues to evolve as a practitioner. We hope you enjoy this educational and enlightening conversation as much as we did. We're so happy to have you. I know, I'm happy to be here. So um, to start off, can you tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do? Yes. And more specifically, like, was there a point in your own sort of personal journey that led you into your career? Yeah. (laughs) So many sins. Yeah. Um, So my name is Sarah Norvillis, and I am a licensed acupuncturist, uh, Chinese herbalist, I've been in practice for about 10 years. I have two offices, one in Santa Monica and one in Beverly Hills. Uh, how did I get into Eastern medicine? So I was doing public relations out of college. Wow. I was working for a sports team. I was just like doing the thing that everyone thought and climbing the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to LA. I'd kind of gone a few years working uh, right out of school and realized that that was not the path and the direction mm-hmm. that I was going to keep taking. So always knew that I would move to LA, moved out here, started doing a little bit of PR for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably my mid twenties, I was having those kind of very subtle feelings of this is not, mm. that this is not the path at all. Um, I think you guys knowing entertainment that mm-hmm. it's high demand, but there's also not a lot of appreciation. Mm -hmm. I think everything is, I want this immediately and the sky is falling and it just feels very thankless, I think was the word that I kept coming up with. So I got to a place where I was just knowing that I needed to transition out, Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know what the next step was going to be. And I was asking every day. I remember just walking around going, I I don't know what the next step is, but I trust that things will kind of fall the way that they will. Um, And I ended up probably six months later, herniating a disc in my low back in wow. my early 20s, I'd bronchi- mid-20s. Um, I had bronchitis, and I was coughing, and mm-hmm. it dropped me to the ground. And probably three months later, nothing was helping, and I had full faith in chiropractic and mm-hmm. physical therapy, and it wasn't getting any better. Wow. And I was having those moments where I was like, I'm going to be 30, mm-hmm. and on 
disability. This is crazy. Yeah. Wow. And I had a dream one night that I saw an acupuncturist. Stop. I swear. I had never... It, I always feel like I should say that it sounds weird, but it doesn't sound weird. I think wow. things yeah. that are meant for you will not pass you by. Yeah. Um, but that you had never gone before? I had never considered it. Wow. I had never thought of it. I had never been exposed to it. Mm. But I'm really big into dreams and kind of dream analysis. <laughs> and I am. And it was one of those things that stuck with me so much yeah. the next day. And I couldn't shake it. And I did a Google search. And there was a school for Chinese medicine maybe a mile and a half away. And I went. And within two treatments, I would say, I was 50% better. Wow. And then within a few weeks, I was, I was back to one. Man, that's incredible. I also think it's incredible because, yes, you got a message about acupuncture, but you were open enough to hear it. Without question. And listen. Without question. Were you always open? I grew up in an interesting family. It was, they were very straight and narrow, but my mother was always a little bit Mm. open to kind of things that you could not see, feel, or touch, (laughs) if you will. Yeah. Um, And so I think that I've always just... Mm. We were talking earlier before we started about just not necessarily feeling I was one with kind of what I was given from the jump. I think Mm. I've always been really interested in in meditation and spirituality and spirits in general and kind of all that stuff has always really fascinated me. So I think intuition for women is such a powerful thing. I was listening to someone the other day and they were saying that men don't have intuition. Mm. And they think that it's because women carry children and it's a survival of the species that men do not have an intuitive nature that it's just something that's specific to women wow i didn't i didn't deep dive into it enough but i will at some point yeah that's interesting wow so i've just always been really anchored into like you get that gut feeling you trust it and at least you kind of do a little bit of digging not necessarily you jump ship and kind of turn course but you dig a little bit well and that's amazing because i think that's something that takes people such a long time to learn how to cultivate it's like a muscle and even myself in the last two years I've been really trying to build that muscle of Mm -hmm. being open to hearing messages and And trusting your intuition that's been a huge that's been a huge question absolutely so I think sorry I just think no please (laughs) but I also think too it also depends on how you were raised I think if you were reared in a space where yeah. everything was taken care of you and your parents yeah. wanted yeah. you to not have to make a lot of decisions growing up. Yeah. I grew up in a military family yeah. where they were like, mm. go, figure it yeah. out, yeah. kind of do your own thing. And, and so, you have to use that muscle. Yeah, yeah, it gives you the space to kind of make your own decisions and Absolutely. kind of fail and succeed yeah. maybe a little bit more and yeah. kind of go from there. So wow. so from then now you're you're at this school. Ten and years later. 50%, yeah. So I, yeah. You're healing 50%. When is it... Like, oh, I'm going to leave my corporate job and I'm going to try yeah, this. So the thing that I became really fascinated with was not necessarily, yes, it was fascinated that the medicine was making a difference, but it was the first time, mm. the man who was treating me was a clinical supervisor and he was probably about 80 years old. Wow. And I remember, I, I mean, to this moment, I remember him sitting down and holding my hands and going, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about my back. He was like, you've been in this space mm. for three months, like... How are you feeling? Wow. Are you grieving this? Are you okay? Mm. And it caught me so off guard because I think we grow up in a Western modeled medical system. Definitely. So you see your doctor once or twice a year and it's very quick and in and Mm -hmm. out and here's a prescription if you need it. And no one really asks you how you're doing. And to me, that is fundamentally the most important thing in the entire world. 
It Especially is. when people are healing. You have yeah. to grieve the loss. You have to grieve the illness in order to move forward or people can get stuck in a pattern yeah. of that. So that really threw me. Yeah. Um, and so I sat with it and looked and realized that school was going to be four to six years, depending. And so it took me about a year, knowing that I was going to be 30 by the time I was you know, done. And, yeah. and, and I went forward with it. And it was wow. hands down the best decision I think I've ever made. Wow. Yeah. I love hearing that because... You know, it's hard when you sort of, we've talked with other people in sort of like different areas, different fields, who've made transitions in in their lives, in their careers Mm -hmm. too, and how you have to sort of like, even though you were young, there's a bit of a shift of identity that happens Mm -hmm. as well. And there's, you know, a lot of fear can come up around that, and it's like such a leap of faith, but there was something in you that clearly was willing to do it. There was something like bigger... Well, and again, I think it's intuition, and I think mm-hmm. it's knowing that. I think if I told my parents I wanted to make balloon animals for a living, they'd be like, "We trust you, go do it." And wow. I think having that from a really young age that it was set up to be that there wasn't a pass fail; it was mm-hmm. try it. And I still, and I've said this to patients for the last couple of years, I don't think that this is the end of the line for me. Like mm-hmm. I know that there will be a transition. Probably mm-hmm. in the next five years. Well, I will always be seeing patients and I will of always course. be caring in that sense, but I know that it will look a different way. And I, I think that's yeah. important for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. I think that's a great way to look at life in general yeah. as we don't have to be trapped in this one career or life, yes. right? Location, whatever it is. I was just talking to someone today um, and we were having this conversation and she's like, She was actually going on an audition, and she's like, well, I'm moving, so I don't know how long I can keep acting. And I was like, but if you're just open, um, you never know. What if you just – I feel like we limit ourselves so much by plans and timelines. And and I think it's just keeping that open of, like, I don't know where I'll be in five years, but this is what's serving me right now, and this is what's setting my soul on fire, and I'm going to keep going in that direction. and. Trusting that going in that direction will take you to your next. Well, and there's so many step. different pieces to that too. I think there are two types of people. I think people where work has to matter, where mm-hmm. you can't imagine investing so much of your life in one thing. And then there are people that work is an avenue that gets you to where you're 60. But mm-hmm. looking back, I've been six different versions of myself mm-hmm. since I was 20. I can't mm-hmm. imagine what yeah. made me happy at 20 is going to make me happy, happy at 40 or Absolutely. 50 or 80. Like, yeah. And it's all... Fear-based. Yeah. I had someone ask me the other day, what was the thing that I see the most in the office? And outside of like the musculoskeletal and the digestive <laughs> and the fertility, I am seeing a massive shift of people coming to this place where they're going like, I've been unhappy for a really long yeah. time mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And people are having these kind of spiritual moments where they're actually starting to identify what is going to keep them happy and healthy for the rest of their lives? And a lot of times it's massive career transitions. Absolutely. And I even think just having that awareness of a personal evolution mm-hmm. and that you have to work on your happiness, mm-hmm. be it with your career, right. with people. We were even talking about like advocate I for yourself. Absolutely. And yeah. like we were just talking about like I love my husband more than anything in this world, but we met when I was twenty three and he was twenty four. Oh and he's the love oh. of my life and you know, I love him more than anything, but we're different people at thirty and thirty one. It's always extraordinary we how people navigate. Twenty three and twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're growing and evolving together, but we were we were just having a conversation about yeah. relationships in general and 
I think people get stuck from what I'm realizing being with this person now for almost 10 years and I'm, you know, it's just unbelievable, but what I'm realizing is, wow, if you don't constantly think about it, or if you just expect that person to be the same person mm-hmm. that they were, yeah. he, we're never going to grow together. Yeah. So it's a constant thing we have to grow together. Yeah, and same with your career. It. Yeah. So it's, I think this is a theme for yeah. all layers, all areas of, of your life. All areas of your life question. But we're not trained to think that way. No. And if we're not, I'm so fortunate for my circle and my friends and yeah my spirituality and all of that, that leads me in that way. But if not, I can understand how stuck and sad you get. Well, that's the really great thing about living here too. I think Mm. when I was in school, they asked us all the time, who are you? Mm. And that is a big question. to It gave me. (laughs) Because I I mean that and like what really makes you happy? When I see, we were talking about patients in transition. The very first thing I ask them is, what are you doing for yourself every day? Mm-hmm. And I get blankness mm-hmm. a lot of the times because it's so much energy out yeah. nowadays yeah. and not enough energy in. And yeah. people are just starting to get back to the place where they're recognizing the concept of self yeah. and mm-hmm. how important that is and how we move through the world. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's so fascinating that as a part of your job, and we'll get yeah. into more. Uh, it's my favorite part <laughs> of the <laughs> like, job. Get into more of like the details of specifically yeah. like. If, if someone hasn't experienced going to acupuncture before sure. or, or Eastern medicine or integrative Eastern, Western, yeah. um, what specifically that is, but, but it's so cool. What I always love about it, even as a patient, yeah. you know, is, is sort of the holistic mm-hmm. approach mm-hmm. that yeah. it's not, you know, like you were saying, you go to the Western, like medicine doctor, you go to your MD, your yeah. general practitioner and listen, I love my... Oh, doctors. please. If you get hit by a car, you're not, <laughs> yeah. you're not yeah. coming you're not to... Don't pop there. You will after, the, after yeah. they've patched you together, but, but like, mm-hmm. there's a place for Western medicine. And yeah. what Absolutely. I actually love about my GP is that she will say, like, what's going on in your life, which is, like, so it's beautiful. rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, the thought that those things, like, what's going on in your body yeah. versus what's going on in your heart or your mind yeah. are separate things. Mm-hmm. It's, like... No, like at what point did we think those were all compartmentalized sections of our life, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about like being a patient, you know, you go into Sarah and she's like, so what's going on? How's your stress? How's your, are you sleeping? You know, like all the things and, and there's a component of even seeing you and it's, it's almost like. It's almost like therapy. I have patients say that to me all the time. Because you, you kind of go and you have to like unload a little bit yeah. because you have to, because then you kind of connect to mm. what's going on in your body and yeah. seeing if there's a correlation. Well, and that's the most beautiful part, I think, about the medicine. It, it is a complete approach. Yeah. And so we're not fixing broken arms or we're not throwing medication at you when your yeah. stomach's off. There is a reason that those things are off. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's bacterial. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's emotional. Yeah. Sometimes it's just that you've burnt the candle at both ends yeah. and mm-hmm. you're running on, you know, reserves right now. Yeah. And so I can't treat a sleep issue if I know that you're in an unhappy job that you're working yeah. out six right. hours a week. Yeah. You have to, or 60 hours a week. You have to look at all of those pieces. Absolutely. And sometimes it's a little bit difficult because people get stuck in their stories and yeah. it's really hard I'd like to say, like, fixing things makes me really happy, but you can't really fix anything. Yeah. I've said a million times, I feel like I open doors for people. Yeah. And I can show them what it potentially looks like on the other side, mm-hmm. but they have to choose to walk through it. So I, I can give you the pieces, but you do have to advocate yeah. for your health if there's something bigger going on. Absolutely. And how do you how do, you do that? <laughs> no, because 
You know, I'm no, sure of so course. many people struggle with so many different things. Of course. And how do you help guide them yeah. to the other side? So for people that haven't had any sort of Eastern medicine before, yeah. again, I was saying half of it, a bulk of what we do in the office is Chinese medicine, which is herbal medicine, and mm-hmm. a bulk of it is acupuncture. But gua sha and cupping and all of those mm. other things are all a part of that. My practice is also very integrated. Mm. And what that means is that I've had a lot of beautiful mentors that were mm. MDs mm-hmm. and naturopaths and physical mm. therapists. And so I kind of pull a little bit from everyone's practice to kind of get people there the quickest. But yeah. if you go in for Eastern medicine the first time, it's kind of like visiting your MD. You fill yeah. out a very long form, although mm-hmm. we ask a lot of emotional questions and dietary mm-hmm. questions on there. And then we sit down and we just yeah. talk for mm-hmm. 20, 30 minutes about everything that's been going on. And so depending on what it is, um, sometimes it's dietary shifts, sometimes it's lifestyle, sometimes we'll prescribe herbal medications. Mm. I put people on detoxes all the time. Acupuncture happens pretty much in every session. Um, but it, it kind of feels like you're going to your doctor. There's just a different way that we're treating rather mm. than handing you a prescription and kind of sending you on your way. Mm, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And so for, for anyone who's listening, who is very unfamiliar with acupuncture, yeah. What is acupuncture? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we all know it's the, the little needles. It's the little needles, um, yeah. <laughs> but beyond that, even myself, um, yeah. I didn't know much. <laughs> so it's, I don't want to say it's an energy medicine because people sometimes tune out, but it is. Mm-hmm. We're essentially working with the energy in the body. Mm-hmm. Your entire body is an energy grid. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even breaking it down to protons and electrons and neutrons, there is a pattern in which where mm-hmm. things are kind of spinning. So it would be foolish to think that that pattern did yeah. not transition out into right. kind of a bigger space. Yeah. And so we see acupuncture points mm-hmm. as but portals of the body where energy comes a little bit closer to the surface. Mm-hmm. And stainless steel is the yeah. easiest way to, to conduct <laughs> electricity. And so you can kind of tap and change. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Western ways to describe it, everything that we're doing is sending a signal back to the brain. Mm. So there are points that when you simulate them, they found can increase the white cells in your body and mm. activate the immune mm. response and increase serotonin, you know, yeah. production. Um, for a lot of the musculoskeletal stuff, in the same way that if you cut or scratch yourself, the body mm. kind of goes to that area to fix the tissue. Mm. It's the same way when we break the surface of the skin with an acupuncture needle. Mm. So we're directing the immune system to certain areas. Mm. We are working on increasing tissue perfusion. We're mm. taking down inflammation. Wow. So there's so many different things that we can do. With that, you can only work with the strength of someone's body as it is mm. in front of you, mm-hmm. which is why you have to look at other things like diet and exercise Absolutely. and stress and herbs, which build the body and make them stronger. Um, so there's a lot of pieces to it. Mm. But is there anything specifically that, just for you, because I know you haven't had a lot of experience No, with that. I guess, what do most people come in for acupuncture for? You know, because like yeah. I was telling you earlier, I know my dad, um, with a combination of acupuncture and hypnosis, was yeah. able to quit smoking um, for 30 years, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like what are some things that sure. make people be like, so, I should call it Of course. So it's a full system of medicine, which mm-hmm. is the most important thing. There, yeah. is very, there are very few things that I cannot yeah. treat. And I always say that if I, don't, if I can't do it, I have <laughs> someone that can do it for yeah. you. We'll yeah. figure it out. And I send people out all the time for referrals and whatnot. Absolutely. But people come in for 
immune support during cold mm-hmm. and flu season. People come in for back pain and neck injury. They come in mm-hmm. for sleep issues and digestive issues. Mm-hmm. And wow. you're like, I've come into Sarah for like a bunch of those yeah. things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Infertility is a huge part mm-hmm. of my practice. Wow. Um, there's a, I mean, it's limitless. I mean, yeah. anything that yeah. you can think of, I can move the needle on in, in wow, some direction. Yeah, so it can amazing. be like it can be like a knee injury from like playing sports where you need mm-hmm. to like take down inflammation and that type of thing and deal with pain to when I was dealing with the digestive stuff recently. Yeah. I was like, Sarah, help me. <laughs> I was and like, it's this, go get it checked. Yeah, yeah. She did it and she sent me to my doctors and she was like, you need these tests before I'm gonna do anything for you, which is what I also love about the way yeah. you practice. Well mm-hmm. let me clarify that a little bit. <laughs> Here's no, no, no. I know that's 100 yeah. percent on point. Yeah. But the reason I sent her out is because it's also okay to talk about my health stuff because I've talked about it on here. She came in for some digestive stuff. Let's <laughs> leave it very simple on that. But the reason I sent her out is that there were two or three things that it could, could be, been, and I also yeah. feel like it's my job to get mm-hmm. you there as quickly as possible. Yeah. And so yeah. if I'm treating her for one sort of bacterial illness when I know it's this other one, there are different supplements, and they all may make a difference, mm. but she was feeling shitty and yeah. we're not no. going to dance know. around it for no, two no. months till I get her there where I knew that if it was just one thing, great, very quickly, we'll start you on these supplements and we'll call it a day. And it was great. And, and I, was I said to my GI doctor who was able to prescribe the tests for me, I said like, I'm going to my acupuncturist for this, <laughs> but I was like, but we need to know specifically like fast. And I basically yeah. went in that day and I said, get me the SIBO test, get, yeah. you know, and he was so cool too. You know, I feel like I've lucked out with a really good. So much. Yeah, because he was like great, and then and he he didn't want to give me any meds that I didn't yeah. need or that I was gonna do sort of like an herbal approach to. Mm-hmm. And and I did actually wind up taking some medicine for a while, yeah. which you were like great. And then we're gonna transition you to herbs, and mm-hmm. so it, it was a very like integrative yeah. process. Um, which I loved, and but I'm feeling so much better. Yeah, so God. I'm grateful to her. Like, I always go back over the years. You know, it's like interesting as a patient. It, you can't go into acupuncture thinking that like one session it's gonna be like a quick fix. Without question, that is not what that is. Mm-hmm. However, there is there are moments that you things go away immediately. Immediately, without wow, question. yeah. And like is, walk out feeling different. Within uh-huh. 24 hours of my last session, yeah. I was like, okay, Sarah was right. Like, it's, she's like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> she's like, I was just, you know, having a moment because I wasn't feeling good, you yeah, know? And, and, well, and that's a big part of wellness is yeah. that people get, and I ask people, like, are you ready to be healthy again? Because yeah. people get so stuck yeah. in the, like, I had this, and then they start micromanaging little yeah. things where I'm like, just take a breath. Yeah, I, I will not lead you in a direction that you're not yeah, supposed. Like, if it seems like it's bigger than that, I would, I would let you know. Yeah, and, and so, what is the experience of getting acupuncture mm, like sure. as well? Like, the needles, do they hurt? Yeah, um, I say it all the time. I would not be doing this if I was causing people pain all <laughs> <Yeah>. day long <laughs> during my day. Is it relaxing? How yeah. long yeah. do sessions take? Like, what Without is the question. whole experience? So the like? needles in general are very tiny. They're mm-hmm. about the thickness of a strand of your hair. So mm-hmm. if you're thinking Western, yeah. you can put 27 acupuncture needles in the head of a standard wow. epidermic needle. Yeah. So not yeah. even the same thing. Um, typically you may feel a tiny sensation when they go in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. But when you're on the table, there should be absolutely no feeling mm. whatsoever. You should be completely comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
For me, first treatments are all about people just figuring out what the experience is like. It's very uncommon that people drop in first (laughs) treatment because they're just kind of like, what's going to happen? Is she coming back in? You know, what, can I move my arms? Mm -hmm. But I think once people get used to it, I always do points to kind of decompress the central Mm. nervous system regardless Mm. of what you're coming in for. Yeah, of course. And that will create more serotonin, more Mm -hmm. dopamine, those things that kind of make you feel a little buzzed and loopy. And so people walk out, it's called an acupuncture high all the time where you're just like, what happened? Oh, I love it. And you just float on through your day. It's really great. That sounds magical. Yeah. So when you put the needles in, it's about 10, 15 minutes. I come back in and do an adjustment after 10, Mm -hmm. 15 minutes. Reason being, we talked about the body having to know that the needles are there. Mm. And because they're so tiny, it's just a reminder to the Mm. system that these are here for a reason. These create all of the responses that we have to. Wow, that's so beautiful. Another 10, 15 minutes, and then you're out. It's really easy. That's amazing. And it is relaxing. I mean, I've been doing it on and off for years probably at this point. But um, even sometimes when I just like, you know, this it was a very crazy season for me in the season. And yeah. Um, I needed to pick up herbs from Sarah that she had ordered for me and she was like, are we going to treat you today? I was like, yes, because <laughs> I just needed that 30 minutes to, to yourself, to myself, to mm-hmm. like, in a dark room said, drop in. with some music it's, and no phone. Yeah. Just turn it off. It sounds so magical. It's, it's really relaxing <laughs> yeah. if you let it be and you're sort of forced to stay still mm-hmm. because you have needles in your body. Yeah. You can move. I yeah. just yeah. tell people we the needles are put in very specific yeah. places. I mean to the depth to where they are on the body. They're, mm. It's all kind of very regimented through the, the study. Mm. So you can move your body around but if you contract or expand your muscles right. it you're kind of changes like, the angle. You, you're not going like, to stand up and walk around. Just, like chill. Anything you've seen in a TV show is probably not going to happen. (laughs) The Sex in the City episode is not accurate. She like runs out with needles all in her body. That's not comfortable. Um, And you mentioned you do cupping too. Yeah. What is cupping exactly Mm, as well? Sure. Because I've heard of it as well, but I don't really know what it is. So cupping has been around for, I mean, centuries. I have Mm. a lot of patients come in that say, you know, if they grew up overseas, like my grandmother used to do this. Wow. So the easiest way to describe it... There's something I'm thinking of. I'll circle back to it. Okay. It's, it's kind of, I am explain everything in a very Western way. Yeah. And I've had Eastern colleagues kind of cringe and go, why isn't she talking about chi mm. and yang and stagnation? And I do talk about those things with patients who I've, I've kind of walked into it. But yeah, to me, I think such a big part of this medicine, it's so powerful and there's so much room mm. for education on it. That if I have a 60-year-old patient who's done nothing but exist in a Western space and they walk in and I start talking about how their kidneys are deficient, I've lost them. Yeah. And so I've tried really intentionally to be able to explain it in both ways Mm -hmm. to people because I think in order to get people anchored into their treatment plan, they need to know why they're doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So. If I'm talking to Western and my colleagues are listening, it's not that I don't love you. It's that, it, that makes so I want people sense. to understand and feel really comfortable with why yeah. they're doing what they're doing. Absolutely. With that being said, cupping is kind of like the reverse of a massage. Mm. So we can use it to do a lot of different things. Typically, people see those crazy marks, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but it's used to strip tissue down. Mm. So very basic anatomy lesson. You have your skin, you have your connective tissue underneath, and then you have your muscle. Mm. Connective tissue... You guys are not vegetarian. You guys mm-hmm. eat everything. If you ever look at chicken, it's like that white kind of membrane mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That connects all of your muscles and holds things together. Mm. 
over years and over, like that's the stuff that gets knotted up. Mm. So where massage is trying to push through that, we are taking either glass jars or plastic jars. We're taking the air out of them, which pulls the tissue up into the jars. And then we're gliding them around. So it's kind of stripping down any of that tension. Wow. Um, it's increasing circulation. And again, circulation has everything to do with the health of mm. our bodies and our tissues. Um, and it's a, it's a way to kind of restore health yeah. um, and decrease inflammation. Wow. The more circulation you have, the less inflammation you have. Mm-hmm. Um, those crazy dark marks that you see do not always come up mm-hmm. for everyone. The marks are not bruises. Mm-hmm. Bruises are actually when the skin has been injured, where there's been kind of an impact yeah. and you're getting some bleeding underneath. I hate this example, but it, it's kind of like a hickey. It's a hickey. Yeah. Kind of like a hickey, but... Bigger and all over your back. But bigger and everywhere. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, and it's the case. Go, if yeah, you have really like great quickly. circulation, it's almost impossible for me to get a mark that's going to be super dark. Wow. And you'll see as, as people get healthier and they come in for more treatments, those marks tend to go away completely. Mm, because as you establish, you're pulling the junk yeah. out. You're flushing the area. You're aerating it with good circulation. And, and does cupping hurt? It doesn't hurt. Well, no. Mm-hmm. 99.9% of the time. But if you have... A new injury or something that's very significantly inflamed, it can feel a little pulley. And yeah. it, but I would say nine times at nine point five times out of ten, it feels incredible. And what is cupping good for? And does it complement acupuncture? With it all yeah, works. They all complement each other. So then, what would cupping? When would you recommend cupping? Sure. Well, Across the board, all yeah. of the time, because again, it's a flush. Yeah. Um, people use it for detoxification. There are places overseas in Russia, I've read studies, where anyone that's got congestive lung or heart, they cup a couple times a week because no, you're, you're affecting the circulation up to three inches down. Wow. So you're essentially bathing and pulling stuff three inches up out of the body. So if you just have kind of these stagnant areas, it makes a huge difference. Wow. But I would say most often in this country, they're doing it for musculoskeletal. Mm. Um, I do it for digestive sometimes, mm. but you don't move them around. You just leave them in place. Mm. You can do it for detox. Mm. People are starting to do little tiny silicone cups on the face for facial rejuve. Wow. So you can do it for pretty much... Wow. that's I haven't, I haven't seen that or heard of that, but does it leave... Like, you don't leave them. You don't leave them. No, they're very tiny little... They're made of silicone, and you take them, and you just kind of bring up. Oh, it's on your face. I have yeah. heard almost like little Almost suction. like wash off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I have heard of that. Yeah. Have you done cupping? I did it once with Sarah. Once or twice. Years ago. Years ago. I can't even remember. Must have been like... Must you had back been, stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, back stuff. I've had back stuff mm. on and off, you know, for yeah. a while. Maybe it was... I don't even remember if it was before or after my surgeries. I think it was before. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I, I had like hickeys on my back, but it was, I remember feeling great from mm-hmm. that. I should have brought cups and treated you. <laughs> I would have known. Oh my gosh, don't worry, I'll for sure yeah. come to you. <laughs> um, and what is the aftercare like? You know, um, I know with a massage, right, you're supposed to hydrate, drink a lot of water. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't remember that. Yeah, so a couple different things. Mm-hmm. You want to flush as much as possible mm-hmm. because, especially if you haven't, had cupping before, it's going to pull some stuff out. Mm-hmm. So it's not un- it's not uncommon that people may feel a little bit of a headache the next mm-hmm. day. They may mm-hmm. feel a little bit run down because we're kind of forcing of the body to negotiate everything we've taken out. So mm-hmm. that's hydration, first big thing. Mm-hmm. Second of all, your skin is a barrier. So your skin is meant to keep bacteria and viruses out. So we've kind of opened up that and compromised it for about 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So when people get cupped, 
They shouldn't be in bathing suits and t-shirts and tank tops the first day. You want to keep everything as bundled as possible. Mm. Um, in Eastern medicine, all illness comes in through the back of your neck. Mm, and really? so, oh, scarves are huge. So they teach you that at the beginning of school. Oh, that's so interesting. Well, it's why they talk about, too, if old wives tells, but like if you have wet hair, you're not supposed to go outside. Yeah. But it's because yeah. it's allowing kind of more coldness get to this area oh. and it leaves it a little bit exposed because your skin is so open after you take a shower. Yeah, so they're so all about scarves so and keeping everything as closed and as bundled as possible. Ooh. So hydration, making sure that you're, you're bundled, um, knowing that again, some things may kind of spike a little bit. And sometimes after the first acupuncture treatment and, and cupping, people will feel a little knocked out. Like mm-hmm. I patients go home and say like, I slept for 12 hours last wow. night. That's never happened before. Yeah. So it's a lot. We're like negotiating your nervous system and mm. and your circulation and all of those things. Mm. Do you have any tips too for people who, you know, there's so much noise in the world we live in mm-hmm. that even listening to your intuition or hearing, oh, my shoulder, you know, people are so used yeah. to feeling, feeling pain or discomfort. It becomes normal. Yeah. So do you have any tips for like things to look out for or how to even tap into listening to your intuition? Well, I think you have to take the noise down first mm. and foremost. I think especially living in Los Angeles, we are just inundated with everything. Absolutely. So much stuff. And we had mentioned when we first started talking about the thing that I'm seeing in the office, it's this transition back to self Mm -hmm. you cannot get any sort of signal in terms of what's going on internally if you're constantly surrounded by noise Mm -hmm. if you're on your phone 24 7 if you don't have any space to just sit and exist in what's happening people just kind of run from morning till Mm -hmm. night and you get home and you have an hour to eat and go to sleep and you do it again Mm -hmm. and so I think the reason that that meditation and mindfulness Mm -hmm. and boundaries and all of those things are starting to kind of circle back and become so important is because we're not even giving ourselves the space to kind of get those signals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that is number one in order to get there. Yeah. You know, you mentioned too, like the phone, and I heard something recently that made so much sense to me that was like, if you're waiting for messages from the universe or signs or even just to like, like hear something when we're scrolling or just every time we're just like mindlessly yeah Yeah, every time you're doing something mindless Mm -hmm. you're blocking out a message that could be without question sent to you which made so much sense it's like how many times do I have 30 minutes and instead of just sitting there with myself or just like breathing or stretching doing something I just take out my phone well there's a reason for that though yeah so do you know what neural pathways are Okay, so it's like the patterning of your brain. Exactly. Yeah. So anytime you do a behavior, it strengthens the signal to that behavior. It's the mm-hmm. reason that athletes who you know play basketball, they've shot that shot so many times, the body just knows the strength mm-hmm. and to, in order to get it to where it needs to be. So every time you scroll, we've been doing that mindlessly for a decade, maybe at yeah. this point, maybe mm-hmm. less. But you strengthen that neural pathway so much. That even when you don't need to be on your phone, your brain is going, why aren't you scrolling? Mm. And so it almost triggers your system to do things that you're not intentionally patterned to do. (laughs) Which is also why when I ask people who are are in that space where they're trying to transition, you can't reinvent the wheel first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Thinking you're going to go from like overstimulated and not sleeping and suddenly be in a peaceful state. You have to break it up into usable steps. And typically my first step is I need you 
to sit quietly for 10, 15 minutes a day. Mm. And almost every single time people come back and say, I can't, I can't do that. Mm. And it's because we've trained our brains to do five things at once. We're like aggressive multitaskers. And so you can't expect to be really great at doing one thing or nothing when you're doing 10 things at once all the time. It's, it feels... It's it a training. Feels it's a retraining of your brain. Absolutely. Yeah. How, as someone who runs a practice yeah. and has a very active, like, you know, community that you're constantly seeing patients, yeah. how do you how do you do that for yourself? Mm. Yeah, what's your self-care look like? That, I was going to say, that's my... When you were talking about how I got in in my own wellness, my practice is what brought me to where I am right now because I almost walked away from it a year ago. Mm. And you don't know the story. A lot of people don't know the no. story. I I think it's so interesting what we draw into mm-hmm. our space. Mm-hmm. And so many of my patients are reflections of who I was in my 20s and 30s, mm. which is great for me because I can go, I know exactly what that is, yeah. and I know exactly how to get you on the other side of that. But I think, just like everyone else, I was really caught up in the concept of what the hustle was supposed to be. like. And it wasn't hard to hustle. It's really easy for mm. me to do 12-hour work days, six yeah. days a week, which mm-hmm. is what I did for five years because I was building and it was great yeah. and it felt yeah. amazing and I wasn't tapping my resources yet. Yeah. And I knew maybe about three years ago I got to a place where I was like, okay, this is a little much. We're going to work five days a week now, which is great. Mm-hmm. But I was still working 12-hour days those five days and I was answering texts at midnight and... I was at brunch on Sundays and someone would say they were having a panic attack. And for me, it was easier to make a call for 10 minutes than, I wouldn't say I'm an empath, but I I definitely pick up on how other people are are feeling. It's Mm -hmm. really impactful for me. And so there were little signals in the last couple of years that I was getting to a place where it was not manageable. Mm -hmm. And out of nowhere, about, God, maybe almost a year and a half, two years at this point, I woke up one morning, and I just felt kind of numb, like mm. just kind of numb. And I was like, oh, maybe my period's starting, like maybe I didn't sleep enough this week, right. like what's going on? And I just kind of went with it, and a couple weeks went by, and it was getting significantly worse to the point that I, I would say I had no attachment to my emotions at all, which is weird because I thrive on the up and down of mm-hmm. kind of what's happening through the day. And that, within a week or two, transitioned to the place where I remember waking up one day, and the man that I was seeing at the time had called me and I was like, I'm not going to work today. Like 20 patients scheduled. And he was like, are you not feeling well? I was like, no, I'm just not going. Just like, don't really feel like getting out of bed. Mm-hmm. And he was like, are you calling them? And I remember going, like, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Which is a really big thing to say again, because I don't, Yeah. I wound up going in long and longer, but he was like, something's not right. And so we sat down and we started talking. And that day that I went into work, I had a brand new patient mm-hmm who had heard about me through a couple of other people, and she's in the middle of nowhere, out of nowhere in the conversation. She said, my cousin's a therapist, and she's doing this work on compassion fatigue, and she wants, and I had never heard the term before, Mm -hmm. and she wants to talk to practitioners. You know, I really like how you practice. I think you're really interesting. Will you sit down and talk to her? And two Uh, days later, I went into her office, and she, we shot the shit for maybe two hours, mm -hmm. and at the end, she said, I have to tell you, if you were my patient, I would tell you, you need to take six months off mm. immediately. Wow. She was like, compassion fatigue is kind of like the, 
not discussed deep dark secret of the medical industry mm-hmm. whereas going back to where like your body is an energy grid she's like I want you to think about every interaction you have during the day is energy out if you're assisting kind of a golden energy out and if you're taking on pain or problems as a dark in and she said you know if if you had to put a number to that what's your percentage energy out to in and I said 90 10 sometimes 100 none and she was like you've tapped everything that you have she was Mm -hmm. like you can care so much that you don't have anything left to give and it's not about the amount that you're working it's about your boundaries oh interesting yeah so it's not about like the length of your work day it has to do with what you're willing to and not even not that you're willing to give but she was like there has to be and this is the thing that I preach the most in the Mm -hmm. office between where you begin, and I said this to you not that long ago, and where your work ends. They need Mm. to be two separate things, which it's why it's not healthy for people to be doing work till midnight and going to sleep. Like You need to be an entity outside of your job that people cannot touch. Those Mm -hmm. those worlds need to not collide. And I'm doing a very glazing overview. It was scary shit. It was really fucking scary. And it took almost a year to get on the other side of where every day I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was very grateful that, you know, the business built and it is where it is and so many people trust me. But it's true. I don't think because I do care and because I think that's part of the job. It's not mm-hmm. walking in and dropping needles in yeah. people and walking right. out the door. I care if people are getting better. It yeah. like breaks my heart if patients are miscarrying or mm-hmm. going through breakups. It's hard. I have yeah. patients that have HIV and are yeah. transitioning genders and like things that you're not equipped to know what to do Mm -hmm. with to then walk out the door after seeing 20 experiences Mm. of a soul every day to go home and go all right let's go like have a cocktail like there's a lot to do with that so long long and long and longer back to the beginning to me the very first thing that I did was get a new phone Mm -hmm. and sent out probably the most difficult email of my life to my patients that said you do not have access to me between these hours and these mm-hmm. hours anymore. I don't, the work phone doesn't come home. I don't check it on weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the questions that I asked everyone else, because it had been all work for five or six years, mm-hmm. was like, what's really going to make you happy? Like, mm-hmm. who are you when you're not here? And so nature to me is such a huge part yeah. of that. Not having my phone on me is such yeah. a huge part of that. So as much as possible when I'm not at work, I am in a mountain or near a river or just somewhere that I can kind of breathe and be super present. Mm. Um, what else do I do for self-care? If I'm being honest, I've just maybe in the last year gotten really good with my morning routine where mm. I wake up and meditate mm. and stretch and eat. And that mm. to me is a huge one for everyone. Mm. I think opening your eyes and picking up a phone where things are suddenly being asked of you before you're a person who's taken a breath or eaten anything is mm-hmm. not the way that we should be functioning yeah. that boundary is huge yeah. an hour to yourself in the morning to feel like you've taken care of yourself is a game changer and it's so small you're good at that it's my goal I um I've been doing it for the last week and it's made a big difference but what I are have, you doing I um you don't look at your phone I don't look at my phone huge. until I don't put like a time on it but until I've woken up, I wake up, you brush yeah. your teeth, you get some water. I chant in the morning. Love. So I try not to look at my phone until after I've chanted. And I like to chant for 
take about 45 minutes. It, this is, again, on, like, a good, good yeah, day. Like ideal morning. Totally. But even if it's 30 minutes or 15 minutes, I won't look at my phone until I'm done with that moment. I love that. Moment. Yeah. And it changes my life when mm-hmm. I do it consistently. Well, that's a really good yeah. thing to hear, too, because you said on a good day. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing is we have to learn to just be nicer yeah. to yeah. ourselves. Like, if you get 15 minutes of chanting in, yeah. great. great. If you exactly. have a day where you don't <laughs> get anything in, great. Exactly. Start right. over tomorrow. Like, but, it doesn't have to be this all-or-nothing mentality. Absolutely. And we've driven ourselves yeah. into that where I have patients those, that, like, miss a day. Yeah. And they feel and like it unravels yeah, the no. months of work beforehand. But it's those, not the case. those narrow pathways that you're talking about, they're so sneaky, too. Because oh, yeah. the thing mm-hmm. is, I can do this for, like, four or five days. And then on day six, I'll be like, well, I don't have anywhere to go this morning. I'm just going to lay in bed and look at my phone. And I... You know, of course, it's okay. I'm a human being, but I feel so different. Mm -hmm. Even Mm -hmm. just that one. And then I have to, and then it's harder the next day, honestly, to get back into that routine because it's so easy to just lay in bed and scroll and wake yourself up. But, you know, I think what I realized too is what helps me not look at my phone in the morning is remembering it's like, what type of life state do I want to be in when I'm looking at my phone? Right. And that helps me because I I don't keep my phone in my bedroom. I keep it on like my little kitchen area. And so when I'm walking to get my cup of water and I like see my, I have it like face down and I'm seeing it and I'm like, yeah, I want to look, I want to look. But when I remember, it's like, but when you look at those 20 text messages, you're going to have an 80 alerts on your phone. It starts your day. What right kind there. of life state do you want to be in when yeah. you're looking at right. it? Do you want to have chanted first? Because, so because I know be then it makes, because I'm the same. I really relate to the compassion fatigue and yeah. basically everything you said. But I know if I look at my phone and I have a text and I go to bed like a grandmother. So I'm pretty good at like plugging in my phone by like 9 p.m. So most people aren't like that. So that's why why I'll have a lot of text messages in the morning because regular human beings are texting me at 9.30, 10, 10 11. And I know if I check my phone and someone has had a meltdown or they they need something from me, mm-hmm. I can't then put my phone down and go chant. Yeah. I'm going right. to give. You have to address this. I'm going to go give everything to that person yeah. who needs me and then not be able to get it out of my head yeah. until they're okay. Yeah. And then I, I've just, I've just, my cup wasn't full and now it's like extra empty. So yeah. again, it's not perfect every day, but the more I do it and feel good, the easier it is to yeah. grab that glass of water and ignore my phone. And well, my and kitchen. it's because you're kind of reestablishing other pleasure pathways but it's, and other pathways to but it's, success. It's hard, especially it when you it's are like an empath or, you know, it's really. Yeah. Last year, 2018, was a year where I had to learn boundaries yeah. as well. Like, I really, in every area of my life, with friendships, with family, yeah. with mm-hmm. career, with every area of my life because I don't have them. And when you don't have them, people know, well, I can call Erica any time of the day and she's going to be there. And yeah, I am. And I want to, and I love that part of myself and my life, but I also have to be there for myself too. Well, I also sent an email out to my friends when I sent the email out to my patients Mm -hmm. and the, the subject line was help. Wow. And it basically said, I love you all. But everyone, my friends were all kind of interestingly going through a transition at the same Mm -hmm. time. And Mm -hmm. I am the person that everyone would go to. Mm -hmm. And so there was no brevity at work and there was no brevity out of work. And I was just crisis management. And I said, I love you all. And you know that I have your back regardless. (laughs) 
But if you want to talk, I mean, they knew everything that yeah. was going on at that point. But I said, if you have a life problem that needs to be fixed, and this won't be forever, but like, you have to come into the office. Mm. I'm not handling anything like that outside of office hours. And they yeah. all went, you're right. Mm. And we're really sorry. And I think wow. that the people that are... Supposed to be in your life. Yeah. Are fine with it. But I also think that the people, and this has come up a lot with everything that's been going on in our own culture mm-hmm. in the last few months, but the ones that are, the ones that everyone goes to are the ones that are never checked in on. Mm-hmm. And not that I necessarily yeah. need someone to check in yeah. on me, but had a friend sat me down at any point in that year and looked me in the eyes and said, are you okay? Yeah. I probably would have crumbled into a ball on the floor. Yeah. But you tell yourself, like, I got it. I can do yeah. all these things, and I'm fine. Yeah. And you do, and it is fine, but we only have so many resources. Yeah, yeah. When is your birthday? August. August what? Fourth. Fourth. You're a Leo. Yeah. You're the lion. Mm-hmm. That's very strong. Why do you ask? We always, we always ask. I'm just so, I, I mean, I'm a Libra, and yeah. I know Libras are very, like, sensitive and emotional yeah. and all, I don't You're know. Romantic, I'm, right? I'm the romantic. Yeah, so I yeah. just, I'm always interested in people. And I'm all fire signs, all three of mine, which <gasps> is not that. I'm all fire. Th- you are? I'm a it's a lot I'm a sometimes. Ooh. Yeah. Look at her face. I wish you had no, When I found that out, I just started apologizing to people. Well, because Aries is all about like direction. Like I see that and I go. And yeah. I see that and I go. It's and very I see that head, and I go. um, Head, head, like, like you know, like uh, the ram, the yeah, ram. Yeah, yeah. It's very headstrong, yeah. And I think I've had to learn to not always act from that place. Like, I've, I've, I've really, like, done a lot of work on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, yes. Yeah, sometimes it can be like, yeah, it can be blinders. Sure. And it's interesting because I relate. It's interesting that like talking about the um, compassion fatigue. Yeah. And Erica, you are more of the empath in like at least in this partnership, right? But and I can understand that. What I am like, what I'm like, oh, I can relate to is the the nonstop, mm-hmm. right? And that's something that like I'm working on yeah. and have really had a bit of a wake up call recently yeah. about, which is that it's not always like doing more yeah. doesn't always yield more efficient or better yeah. results. Well, and I think you have to know why you're doing it. And so right. for me, it changed, even though the Leo part is still mm-hmm. there, so much of that has come off the table. Yeah. And I had to sit really quietly and go, why is this your work style? Because mm-hmm. I don't think any of it was conscious. Mm-hmm. But I think when I really dug in super deep, and now we're going back to my childhood, yeah. but because I grew up in such a male-centric, strong family... I, the thing that I got in my head from a very early age was that I could outwork anyone. Mm. It, what People were like, you're just doing so well. I'm like, I'm just working longer than you. Mm. Like, yeah. I've just packed my schedule. It's really not mm. that impressive. But the harder I worked, the more attention was being paid to me for how yeah. hard I was working. Yeah. And that's just all ego and bullshit. Yeah. And at the end of the day, as a grown-ass woman, it really does not matter yeah. at all. And our value is not placed like... Definitely can relate. Where it's like I always got accolades and like attention and praise for you know good grades and like we yep. work hard in our family. Mm-hmm. We were like East Coast sort of like oh yeah, school. girl, I know it. And you know, and that was like a sense of pride, mm-hmm. right? Like your education, your you, but you're willing to go like roll up your sleeves and work. Like that makes yeah. you somehow. And yeah, there there is something to be said for work yeah. ethic. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Without I question. Have incredible respect and value in like any mm-hmm. type of work ethic but 
um, it doesn't make you a better person. No. And I think that's the thing. It's like when you place your own value mm-hmm. in whatever that perceives like, well, I, you know, I'm working 12 hour days, like you're saying. Yeah. Does, does it make you anything more than just burnt out? Exactly. Like, <laughs> well, and that's the brilliant thing that I realized. And I think I don't really function from a place of fear, but mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And I get when you're starting to build a business, you don't ever want to say no to people because okay. you feel like an opportunity will be lost. Mm-hmm. The most profound lesson for me a few years ago was when I drew the boundary mm-hmm. with the schedule mm-hmm. and people said, I need to see you here. And I said, it's not an option mm-hmm. that they went, okay, when yeah, can you yeah. see me? And yeah. I work half of the time that I work. And now my like juju is like excited by the fact that I'm like, I do a 35 hour work week and mm-hmm. I'm still seeing 60 patients and I'm still getting it all done. Right. But I just took a three day vacation because yeah. I didn't have shit to do because I just like <laughs> yeah. figured it out. Like yeah. how do you make it more efficient and more effective? That's so incredible. And I'm sure too, because you also work with herbs as yeah. we like touched on. They must help you as well, right? Because I know I've been given herbs for like anxiety or yeah. different things like that. And I think that's so... Yeah. Yeah, can we talk a little bit? I know um, we've kind of trailed all No, over. but I'm afraid because <laughs> but this, I, this is courageous wellness, yeah. right? This is what we want to hear. No, but things. it just, it sparked me because when I was going through all of this, I see a nutritionist who yeah. um, does give me, I don't know if they're herbs, but they're natural. Yeah. So they could be things. Yes. So supplements mean a lot natural of natural supplements. Sure. And she gave me like gob. She gave me like this thing called. So that's more balance. of a nutraceutical. So yeah. that's not Chinese medicine. Yeah. So when we're talking Chinese medicine, almost everything it's four hundred plus substances you study in school. They're plant, mineral, mm-hmm. uh, animal. The stuff mm-hmm. that you're talking about that's GABA is an actual neurotransmitter in the mm-hmm. brain that helps send signals. Yeah. The tricky part with the nutraceuticals, and I don't want to say tricky, but yeah. they do work on the brain chemistry. Yeah. So if you're on something for an amount of time, you can, it can be a little bit of an addictive or a weaning mm. process that has mm-hmm. to happen. The great thing about the herbal meds is that they don't work on the neurotransmitters. Mm. And so everything in the body, going back to kind of the very beginning of this conversation, yeah. is connected. And so if there's something going on with sleep or anxiety in Eastern medicine, usually that is directly related to your heart or your liver. Mm. doesn't mean anything is wrong with your heart or your of liver. Of course, yeah. But in Eastern medicine, every organ system um, has physical attributes to it, which will manifest in the body and also mm. emotional. Yeah. So your liver is directly related to stress. Wow. If you want a Western correlation, stress hormones yeah. are you know mm-hmm. directly processed out through the liver. Mm-hmm. Well, liver in Eastern medicine is related to anger. So if you see people that are very short-tempered, usually you look at the liver function and how things are yeah. working. Same thing with the heart. The heart mm. has a lot to do with how we see joy, but it also has a lot to do with our identity and kind of how we anchor into space in the world. Yeah. Um, and so we look at, it's called heart yin, heart, you know, chi deficiency, liver chi deficiency, wow. liver chi stagnation. So the way the herbs work with everything is, yes, we have herbs that can work as antibacterials, antivirals, just mm-hmm. the same way that you would take an antibiotic if you went mm-hmm. to your doctor's office. Um, there are groupings of herbs that work for cold and flu, which to me is the most brilliant thing that people don't realize. If you can get into your acupuncturist on day one or two of not feeling well, and they put you on the right herbal medication, it'll knock it out in 24 hours, Mm -hmm. which is magic rather Mm -hmm. than having the flu for 10 days. The difference being when you take something for cold and flu in Eastern medicine, there's maybe six to 10 formulas. Mm. So we're asking you, 
are your sinuses clear? Is it yellow mucus? Is it runny? You know, are you having chills and fever? Is it just chills? Did it start as a cough? Did it start as a sore sore throat? All of those dictate the formula that we put you on. So it's so much more down to the minutia of it yeah. than the bigger pieces. Than just a big pill. Without question. Wow, that's so amazing. See, that's why I, I've known people who go the Chinese medicine route for everything we're yeah. talking about, where they feel burnt out, they mm-hmm. feel digestively unwell. You yeah. know, because which are all, everything we're talking about has physical manifestations. And comes from somewhere. If you didn't yeah. physically ingest something, if you mm-hmm. didn't catch a bacteria, and we're taking kind yeah. of bigger things like Absolutely. cancers and autoimmunes, mm-hmm. which still a lot of times anchor into immune, you know, you're still treating yeah. inflammation in all of those pathways. Yeah. But most of the modern illnesses that I'm seeing in the office, the digestives, the mm-hmm. stress, the mm-hmm. sleep, is because we're running on reserves yeah. right now. Yeah. And yeah. so you can level that out but if you don't rebuild people mm-hmm. that's the beauty of the medicine we're really good at rebuilding bodies that sounds where western cool. medicine is great about getting rid of things but once you have someone that's depleted you don't really know how to build it up mm. which actually is how my office became integrated wow so quick story i'll keep it short when i was in school um my third year i thought that i had contracted strep throat which was mm. like my childhood illness so oh me too so my md she was out of town. Her fellow had put me on a prescription. Two weeks later, it was still there. Mm. Um, actually, you know what? I was taking herbs, and I had been taking herbs for a couple weeks, and the thing was lingering, and I thought, maybe I've just kind of held this off. Let's go to the doctor. Anyway, three doses in, I get a call, and she says, holy shit, we never looked at your, your strep culture. You have a staph infection. <gasps> oh, you have an oral staph God. infection. Oh, my goodness. And at that point, I weigh 107 pounds now. I'm pretty tiny. I was down to 98 pounds. So I looked really, really sick. And even drinking water was causing my stomach to just say absolutely not. So Mm -hmm. they did a culture and they found out the staph had gone down into my digestive system. Oh my gosh. And I'd been taking so many antibiotics. They were saying, we can't really put you on anymore because they're staph resistant, what you've been on, and we're going to tap your kidneys. You can't take massive doses of antibiotics. Of course. I went into the school. I went into actually the dean of the school's office, like in tears. I didn't really even know anyone at that point. And I remember being like, I think I'm, I, I don't know what happens if I don't get rid of this. Yeah. And a couple of them sat down and they put me on these massive doses of herbs for about two weeks and it was gone, which was amazing. Oh my goodness. Wow. With that being said, I was in college at the time and I was in my 20s and I was not sleeping and existing mm-hmm. on carbs and alcohol and sugars. Mm-hmm. And about two years later, I woke up one morning and I couldn't feel my fingers. Mm. Crazy how things had happened. Yeah. My mind went to like, oh my God, I have MS. What's going on? Yeah. So I saw my doctor who is, my MDA, I only see maybe once or twice a year now, or once or once every one or two years, but she's incredibly integrative. Mm-hmm. She's a naturopath. Mm-hmm. She studies Ayurveda. And she said, knowing your health history, I think you have a massive candida infection that's mm. kind of overgrown. Okay. So I don't know what you guys know about candida. It's yeah. very bit, common yeah. right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But it's a yeast overgrowth that mm-hmm. usually pops up when you're on too many antibiotics yeah. and you yeah. don't replenish and you don't rebuild. Um, and it's fed by carbs and sugar. So I was kind of... Anyway, she did the labs for it. Yeah. She was like, I've never seen numbers this high. Wow. It's literally clogging your blood cells and it's not getting to things. So I went, okay, I wish someone would have given me some follow-up care and not not knocking anything. The, the practitioners in the school were extraordinary, but no one really thought to full circle it mm-hmm. in terms of Absolutely, now that yeah. we've gotten rid of this, 
what has happened to her body in the last three months. Right. She's down 10 pounds. We've literally stripped the lining of her stomach down to nothing. We're leaving her really vulnerable to a lot of things. So I think that was probably the first piece where I knew that I wanted to make sure that not only were we kind of treating immediate, but we were looking at kind of past, yeah. present, and future. Yeah. And sometimes that works quickest with nutraceuticals. Sometimes mm-hmm. it works quickest if you run a couple labs. But knowing that you're not just looking at current moment when you're treating mm-hmm. people, I think really kind of changed how I practiced after That's that incredible. point. And I feel like as a patient, you feel like you're supported then on the yeah. journey. It's not like, wait, so let's just get rid of this. Like... Without the fear of, you know, is, is something returning or yeah. something, you know, not that it couldn't, but that there's like thought, there's thought that goes into Without that. question. Um, and someone sort of like looking out for you mm. that you might not even know you need to look mm-hmm. out for, which yeah. is really nice. Um, as we like start to wrap up, yeah, we always ask um, all of our guests if there have been any sort of like inspirational books or podcasts or any sort of thing that has been fueling you either Mm. recently or or over the course of your practice that just kind of sticks out as something sort of special to you. Okay. Um, Or it can be like a piece of music, anything sort of like creative. Sure, sure, Um, sure, sure. It's so important because I think finding those things that mm. resonate with you are so different yeah mm-hmm. um I think the first time that I read the untethered soul that was mm. like a game changer I don't know if you guys have read that I've book. heard of it but I haven't read it so the untethered soul is a book that talks about kind of the voice mm. and everyone said they call it the roommate mm. so if, yeah, I've heard if of you this. took those moments to get quiet kind of what are those things that pop up that are swirling around mm-hmm. that if you made that a third person how long would you be in their presence before you kicked them out of your oh, home that's interesting. so it's learning to kind of First and foremost, you talked about how people get space and how they start to do self-care. Mm-hmm. And I think you have to know the the frequency that you're functioning on first mm-hmm. and foremost. Mm-hmm. And that book to me is a first step in people recognizing the signals that you're sending yourself all day long, mm-hmm. the messages that mm-hmm. you're sending yourself. And then you can go, great, when I'm quiet, everything is work-related or everything is really harsh or everything is really critical. And then the book kind of starts to teach you how to move the needle on that. A little oh, bit. It's a good really it good book. Yeah. It's a really, really good book. That's amazing. Um, I think things, exercise, this is not a book or a podcast, but to me, the type of exercise that I do mm. is a game changer because I'm either going to leave depleted yeah. or I'm going to leave completely through the roof. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been doing something called the class. <gasps> we love the class. Oh, had, you have? Had, Who's your teacher? We've had Brenna uh, Dwyer on the podcast. Okay, you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. we did a whole, early on, we did a whole episode about I love the class. the class. So I haven't taken anything with her, but Erin okay. Ward is the is the girl. Yeah. And she, to me, every time she opens her mouth, I'm like, thank you for that. Thank <laughs> oh my you God, for you'll that love little Brenna. piece of information yeah. that you've just given yeah. me. That's a game changer. Yeah. yeah. It's a game changer. Yeah. The class is amazing. Yes. Yeah. And we have to go like back. any other. We should go. That's like part class. of my, that's part of my sanity throughout <laughs> yeah. the week. I'm off on Sundays and Mondays and Monday is the day that I go to that class. And it yeah. just, I feel like anything that I held on to for the week gets purged. Yeah. And I'm just starting my my new week super yeah. clear and very intentional. Yeah. And that has changed my life. We we should go because I, I actually have a class in my account. That you I do? Have to yeah, use. Yeah, and I've been like saving it because 
what's so like you're saying what's so amazing about the classes I know if I'm feeling in a funk yeah. or I'm yeah. like saving it for what I need it but yeah. I feel like this is a sign that I need it well here's the interesting thing I brought a friend with me the other day and I think you have to be ready for it yeah. because yeah. I did a class like that about it I had a memory the first time I ever went of a decade ago a friend bringing me to Wanderlust mm-hmm. and doing something very similar and being like I don't, this yeah. does not resonate yeah. with me at all. Yeah. Yeah, you do have to be in the right sort of mindset for it, which is hard to know going in. But we we brought some friends. Well, you, I was like the first I brought I brought three of my friends the yeah. first time but, Allie went. But everybody, but you, I think you prepared us all well. I did. I was like, this is going to be the strangest experience of your life in the best way. And we did. For anyone listening yeah. who's not familiar with the class by Turn to Me, uh, we have an episode with instructor Brenna Dwyer. If yeah, you're listening yeah. and you want to know more. But it is. It's it's spiritual. You have to fitness. know how to drop yeah. in. You have yeah. to yeah. know that it's not about what you're doing. It's about getting really clear with yourself. Yeah. Like I cry every time I'm in that class. Yeah. It's my favorite thing. I'm yeah. Like in a weird position doing a repetitive arm motion. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm crying now. Yeah. No, I know. Great. Like it's amazing. And you're screaming. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. But like, what wild. is this exercise program? You're crying. You're yelling. Yeah. It's incredible. But it's like an incredible, like, kind of. 360, like, you purge your emotions, your yeah. sweat, you're, like, it's, it's a well, holistic Well, even Western will tell you, you hold experiences in your muscle tissue. Yeah. That is, across the board, a thing. And so if you're walking around and you've, like, held arguments and held space yeah. in your container for your friends, and the end of the week gets there, like, you got to move that stuff through. Yeah, yeah. and you and really you have do. no, I always tell my patients, I have no control over how energy leaves your body. Mm-hmm. So sometimes oh. you might come in and you might float out of here. And I have been on the table for treatments where 10 minutes in, I've said, pull the needles. I'm going to, mm-hmm. stuff is coming up and it's not mm-hmm. coming up pleasantly. Yeah. And so that class just gives you the space to do all of it. To yeah. scream it out, to move it through your body. To So those are my two. All right. Well, well so thank great. you. Of course. And if anyone wants to find you, um, on the internet. On the interwebs. Where can, they, where can they find you? Um, you can go to my website, which is, my company is called Marikee Wellness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's www.marikeewellnessca.california.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find me on my Instagram, which is under my name, just Sarah Norvillis. That's it. I'm not, I hate it. I'm not bad. I'm not good on social media. Ooh, that's <laughs> great. It's so bad. That's People are like, so do great. you have a YouTube channel? Do you <laughs> yeah, do this? Yeah. I'm like, I, know, I have an Instagram and I have my website. And you just Twitter. Yeah. And do you just see, is there anything you can do if anyone listening isn't in California? Do you do anything over Skype? I do or? consults all the time, and a lot of it has to do with detox. I mean, there's I've seen enough at this point that usually I can guide people in a direction. And we have this beautiful network that you can kind of I can usually find someone somewhere else for people if they they don't know where to look. Okay. But yeah, Skype is very, very easy. Phone consults are very, very easy. Oh, like I said, sometimes it's it's in the doing and the stripping down and the supplementation more than it is in the acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And that can easily be handled. Thank, you. Thank you so much for Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.